Welcome to the Learn to Sit Still podcast. If this is your first time listening, welcome. I am so glad you could be here. My name is Sarah, and my desire is to help you learn to sit still in a noisy world because it is in those still moments that we have a chance to know God. Silence is something we tend to run from because it is a place of confrontation where we can hear our thoughts and see ourselves for who we truly are. This is why we try to drown out the silence with noise, any kind of noise, from music to crowds to a packed schedule. We avoid the silence, but that is exactly where God wants to meet us. This is the reason behind this podcast, as well as my website, sitstillmydaughter.com. I want to encourage you to step away from the noise and the distractions and enter into his presence, the one who formed you with purpose. I promise that the more you get to know him, really know him, the more you will return his love and walk in confidence of who he made you to be, his image bearer to the world. So I invite you to join me on this journey of learning to sit still. If you have any questions or a prayer request, you can submit them via my website. I would love to pray for you and help in any way I can. There are also free Bible reading plans available to download and be sure to check out my social media accounts where I share short devotionals to encourage you in your walk with the Lord. All of those links are located in the show notes, so be sure to look after the episode. And if you haven't already, would you tap on that subscribe button so you never miss an episode? You can also leave a review, which helps others find this podcast. Now, Are you ready for the answer to the Bible trivia question I asked you last week? Who said, I have played the fool and have erred exceedingly? The answer is Saul and found in 1 Samuel chapter 26, verse 21. Our question for next week is, as Elijah prayed under a juniper tree, what did he pray for? As Elijah prayed under a juniper tree, what did he pray for? And remember, I will have the answer for you on the next episode. Today, I wanted to step back into our Daughters of Eve study with the story of the woman with the issue of blood. Of all the characters in the New Testament, Mary Magdalene and this nameless woman are probably my favorite, I think because they both suffered greatly and received such deliverance. Their stories are relatable on many levels and applicable to so many of us today. I also love their hearts. They were brave. Mary Magdalene stayed with Jesus for as long as she could and was the first to go to the tomb. And this afflicted woman was brave on a number of levels. We are given very little information about her as her story unfolds within a story found in three of the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Let's begin reading in Matthew chapter 9, verses 20 through 22. Behold, a woman, which was diseased with an issue of blood twelve years, came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. For she said within herself, If I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. But Jesus turned about and saw her. He said, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. At this point in the story, Jesus is on his way to a man's house to raise a man's daughter from the dead. He was also in the middle of a large crowd, common occurrence for Jesus, but hidden within this throng of people was one woman with a great need. 
she had an issue of blood, which some say was a hemorrhage, and some doctors have said, based on the symptoms listed, that she suffered from a condition that was characterized with prolonged menstrual bleeding. So can you imagine how difficult and draining it would be to suffer with this disease for 12 years? Don't forget that in this society, she would be labeled as an unclean woman, which restricted her interaction with people. That was another layer of a struggle to her already difficult situation. There was no relief from her condition and no sign that it would even get better. In fact, in Mark's account, it tells us that she was growing worse. You can sense the desperation in her when you read the account from Luke 8 verses 43 through 48. And a woman having an issue of blood 12 years, which had spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any, came behind him and touched the border of his garment, and immediately her issue of blood staunched. And Jesus said, Who touched me? When all denied, Peter, and they that were with him, said, Master, the multitude throng thee and press thee, and sayest thou, Who touched me? And Jesus said, Somebody hath touched me, for I perceived that virtue is gone out of me. And when the woman saw that she was not hid, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared unto him before all the people for what cause she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. And he said unto her, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace. This poor woman had spent her living on countless doctors, but these men of science were unable to help her. With each remedy that failed to produce results, her hope waned and her desperation grew. She just wanted things to go back to normal, to have her life back. How many of us can relate to such a desire? When your body is not functioning the way it was intended and no one can give you answers as to why or even a way out, the spirit is left utterly discouraged. I know that many people say that if you don't have your health, you don't have anything. And while we know that's not entirely true, there is an understanding that when you're sick, you're limited in what you can do and where you can go. To wake up day after day with such a condition is hard. But there is also no mention of any family. Think about how hard it would be to face this alone. Remember that she was unclean, so perhaps her family had to stay away. She was literally in an endless cycle and it had drained her dry. Not to mention emptied her pockets. A person without hope like this nameless woman often becomes desperate, willing to do anything to gain relief. This is where we find her in the story. Her condition meant that contact with people was minimized, yet she was ready to push her way through a throng just to get to the one person who could help. But before we get to her healing, let's take a moment to consider how she got there. Had she heard about Jesus from the endless parade of doctors who came to milk her purse? Did she hear the local gossip about the many miracles he had already performed? Whatever her source, she believed and it was all she needed to fan that tiny speck of hope that remained in her soul, and it was enough to push her outside of her comfort zone. When she heard that Jesus was in town, she was ready to move. But she was not impulsive. She was a woman with a plan. She had to touch the hem of his garment. Now, I don't know about you, but this has always intrigued me. Why the hem? So many others were desperate for healing. They ran up to him shouting. Even the group of 10 lepers approached him for healing, but not this woman. Was she worried that if she asked him directly for healing, she'd be denied? Was she afraid that if people knew about her condition, they would block her 
from getting to Jesus. I mean, after all, that disciple named Peter was pretty, pretty intimidating. He seemed rough around the edges. And I believe that this woman was driven by desperation for healing, but she was still timid. Perhaps she also felt that she was only worthy to touch the hem of the master's garment. How many of us can relate to that? How many have been held back from entering boldly into the presence of their Heavenly Father because they were afraid he might say no? I know that I have faced these same thoughts and struggles before, and sadly, they don't come from God, but from Satan and even man. We often associate receiving a yes from God with a life that is worthy of it. But remember our lesson on Elizabeth? She did not receive a child because she deserved it, because if that were true, she should have had John decades earlier. God's love cannot be earned. It is freely given and lavishly bestowed. My heart hurts for this woman who seems so broken to the point that she feels like she has to go through the back door, you could say, to have access to healing. But I also have to admire her. Even though she seemed a little intimidated and a little fearful, it did not deter her from getting to Jesus. Consider this for a moment. She was unwilling to let anything hinder her from getting to the one who could give her the healing she needed. Don't forget that this was a huge crowd that was not just gathered around Jesus, but pressing in on him. It would take great determination to reach him. And this woman had it. How many of us would have been that desperate to reach the master? How many would be willing to press into a group of strangers, maybe even willing to shove a few people out of the way? And don't forget that she had to bend down to reach his garment. It was the hem, not the sleeve that she wanted to touch. And also, what if someone would have recognized her? But None of this swayed her determination. Though she may have seemed timid, there was a brave heart beating inside of her. Maybe she didn't even realize it, but that is something else that desperation can produce. Action. A willingness to do whatever it takes to reach the goal. Can I ask, do we want Jesus that much? That question makes me stop and think every time I read this story, do I want Jesus so much that I won't let anything hinder me? Am I willing to put aside everything else just to be in his presence? And I don't even have to push through a crowd. I can come boldly as his daughter and share my heart and know that I am heard at any time. Just like this nameless woman, I am seen by the one who loves me with an everlasting love. But there is another reason why I love her story so much. Jesus takes the time to notice her. And Jesus also takes time for her. Don't forget that he has been approached by another desperate individual, a father whose daughter has died and he begged Jesus to come and heal her. The mission he was on was urgent, but he still paused everything to talk with her. Isn't that wonderful about our Lord? He is never too busy for us. He will never turn us away or ask us to take a number and wait to be called. We matter to him that everything we bring before him, he listens to and evaluates and he never rushes us. He's never in a hurry. As soon as she was healed, virtue left Jesus. The word virtue carries the idea of a miracle itself, the power 
for performing miracles. Even though every earthly physician had failed her, one touch of the great physician's garment had fully restored her body, or so she thought. Yet there was one thing missing and something that Jesus was preparing to give her, but we'll get to that in a moment. First, let's just take a quick stop about Peter. I love this outspoken disciple so much because he often says the thing that is everyone's mind, but they're usually unwilling to say it. When the miracle has left Jesus' body, he immediately asks, who touched me? And it's Peter, who basically says, there is a crowd of people all around us pressing in, and you ask, who touched you? But Jesus never asks a question without a reason. He knew she was healed, and he could have simply gone on his way, letting her rejoice quietly, but that was not his plan. He did not call her forward to embarrass or shame her but to reveal the source of her healing and his power. Jesus never shares his glory with anyone, and he wanted to make sure that those doctors didn't walk away with the honor of healing another patient. This entire village would bear witness to who had really healed this woman and why. Because she had had the faith of a mustard seed. She said in her heart, that a touch of his garment was enough to heal her 12-year battle with this disease and defeat it once and for all. There was also another person in the crowd who benefited from seeing this miracle take place, someone who was in desperate need for a miracle themselves. The man whose daughter had died would need a reminder of the master's power. And I also believe that this woman herself needed to be reminded that it was her faith that had healed her. Perhaps if she had gone home, she might have been convinced that it was the cloth that had healed her and not her faith in the one wearing the cloth. Jesus wanted her to know that it was her mustard seed faith that had made her body whole. And lastly, there was one final thing she needed to hear from the master. And he said unto her daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace. The word peace means blessing, a wishing well, something said to departing friends. Jesus, the King of Kings, her great physician who had taken the time to call her out, tell her that she was whole and now wished her well with a greeting that was spoken to friends. Doesn't that make your heart smile? She left that crowd knowing that she was healed of her disease and that she had been called a friend of the master. He is the greatest friend we could ever have, and he is ours, mine and yours. Can I encourage you to stay as close as possible to such a friend? Don't let anything ever stop you from reaching him. He longs to know you and always has time to hear your heart's cry no matter what time it is. And with that, we will end today's episode. Have a wonderful day, my friends. Let's be women who linger in the presence of the one who formed us in his image and pours his love upon us every single day.